Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. I don't want to say... I want to go back. Do you want to say, I want to go back? Father, we thank you for the blessing you give to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The reward for hard work is more work. Genesis chapter 39. I've given you seven points. Number eight. Genesis 39, and when we read from verse number 1, and it says, Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, bought him. Verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was... um, in his house. Verse 3. The master saw the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. Alright. Now what was the reward for Joseph serving Potiphar? The next line. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had. He put it into his hands. Amazing. Isn't it true? Okay, see, Joseph's reward for hard work was to be given more work to be in charge of the whole of um, the whole of uh, Potiphar's house. So that's the reward for hard work in this story. Then it continues in verse 19. When it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. Now, where the prisoners were bound. And the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. So if you look at the life of Joseph, now that he had been a good worker in the house of uh, Potiphar, God rewarded him with the job of being an overseer in the prison. <laughs> More work. He had to work with notorious people, murderers, and all kinds.
kinds of people. You see, some of us, when we, God is promoting us, sending us on the mission field, sending us to go, you've been faithful in America doing this and that, and he's sending you somewhere. It's a problem for you. But actually, it's a promotion. Yeah. It's a promotion. And many people have rejected their promotion because it looked like prisoners. Can you make me a, a leader of prisoners now? I was overseeing Potiphar's house with just a few. But now the whole prison. Sometimes you can have 500 people in a prison. And he was now a big man. But a big man over prisoners. As a fellow prisoner. Is God not marvelous? Yes. God is wonderful. And that's how he was promoting. Now, after he was faithful with the prison, let's see what can happen next. Hmm? Genesis 49, from verse 39. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet as thee, okay, verse 40, this is the way God does it, all right, thou shalt be over my house, amen, thou shalt be what, over my house, fantastic, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled, all right? Only in the throne will I be greater. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. So from Potiphar's house, where he was working, he was giving more work to work with prisoners. And the reward for being faithful in the prison was he was now in charge of Egyptians. Yes. Is it not amazing? And by the way, soon he was going to be in charge of two nations, Egypt and Israel. Clap for God and for the wonderful rewards that Joseph had. Now, those were the main jobs that God was giving um, Joseph. He was making him greater and greater every time. And like I said, some of those other jobs, some of those, um, uh, what do you call it, jobs, have, um, you know, their side effect. They are not things to really watch out for. You know, nobody is going to lift up his head in verse 44. I am Pharaoh. Without thee, no one will lift up his hand or foot in the whole land of Egypt. And verse 45, these are side effects coming. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Panea. Zaphnath Panea. And he gave him a beautiful wife. 
Arsenal. You see, I told you those ones, these are small, small things. I mean, you don't even mention it because it's part of the job. It's part of what? The job. Fringe benefits. I mean, is, you can you imagine the money he's going to get as a, a prime minister? What can he even do? He doesn't even need it again. Yes. And he's got these beautiful girls now as Asenath, daughter of the priests. Amazing. So he was now having a good time, you know, with this, with this Asenath. I tell you, she was a very sweet girl. She really liked kissing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Priest of whatever. I tell you. And Joseph was 30 years old. Look at that. 30 years old. Yeah. A young man. That's why I say, I beg you, don't, as a head of state of Egypt, and Israel also was going to come, a couple of years later, he was going to have Egypt also. Yeah, it's Israel as well. Yeah, 30 years. So that's why I want to encourage you, to don't let's fight our young people. Don't say that these people are too young. Because I saw some people, 10 years old and others, they, they should actually be here. Because they understand the message. You see them 10 years old, they have breasts. Yes. 10 years old, they have breasts. When you see them, you see that, that this is a buffalo. <laughs> it can be somebody's lunch. You'll be surprised what these young people know. They know more things. More things. Hey. Now God gave him children as well. And Joseph, and unto Joseph were born two sons. Before the years of the famine came. So within the seven years of plenty. Joseph had two children. Yes, Manasseh and Ephraim. All right? Before, before the famine started, he was having a rollicking time. And the children were the evidence of the rollicking time that he was having. So, I don't want you to focus on lower and lesser rewards. I want you to focus on the reward of more work which God is always giving to his children. And many of his children are saying no to the work, not knowing that there was a car in it, there was an arsenal in it, there was money in it, there was a position, there was power, there were many things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Second Samuel. 
chapter 7. Verse 1, we shall read from 2 Samuel. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies. All right? That the king said to Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And he came to the night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go tell my servant, Will you build a house for me, whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt unto this day, but I have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. And in all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word unto any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why do you not build me a house of cedar? Did you get that part? All right. Glory to God. Now, Verse 8, so then you shall say to my servants, thus says the Lord, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. The reward for hard work with the sheep was to be a ruler of God's people. So the reward for hard work with animals is more work with human beings. Yes. So David was given work as his reward. Forget about wives. Wives were a side effect. Yes. These are additional things that just come in. So you, so you see people who come with an aim, I, I want a husband. I want, my aim, is, my, my aim is to marry. My aim is to get money. That's why you are not getting the money. That's why you are not getting the, What you are aiming, you are not getting it. You are just hustling. And those who are not aiming for it are getting it. Huh? So the reward for hard work is more work. And everybody must open his or her eyes to see that, yes, something has been done in America. The church is real. We started, I preached the first sermon here in Manhattan. Where's Aquile? How many we were? We were how many? Six people. Yes. I appreciate seven reasons why Lighthouse Chapel International must be in USA. Manhattan. Which was the address? What was the address? Uh, 303 42nd Street. 42nd Street. She was present. There were six people. I preach. It's not that somebody told me or I watched a video. I was there myself and I was preaching myself. 42nd Street. Seven. What was the message? Seven reasons why Lighthouse Chapel International sh should be in the USA. Yes. And you are one of the reasons, more than the seven reasons that we had. Yes. Uh, yes. When I saw her, she said she's a woman of the 90s. 
So because of some self-righteous, those type of self-righteous, you don't understand what she was even saying. Uh. So, yes, something has been done. But now, so now God is, God is, God has come. This is a wet trip that descended from heaven. Because we are all reading the Bible. This is, see, this is a revelation. Revelations are like God unveils something. It, it means that he wants to bless. And he gave me this word for America. I could have preached it somewhere, but he gave it so, Go and tell the Americans the reward for hard work is more work. And you must open your heart and receive this message and this word from God that he is rewarding you with more work. Amen. Amen. Sit down. One day I spoke to one of our pastors. I, I spoke to him about going on a mission. As I was speaking to him, he just, like if I was looking, he just sort of looked to the side. <laughs> he died a few years later. Yes. He just looked to the side. No comment. I don't want anybody to take what we are saying lightly. There's no joke in it. It may sound funny to you. It's not a slogan. It's not a something we're just saying. We're saying God is telling us. He is rewarding us. And the reward is more. If you, Joseph, they are giving you prison. So I, will not, I don't want it. You say, I don't do prison work. He has stayed there. He would not have been known and been able to even speak to the people. Yes. If he had been in Fortress House, he was not doing it. was his good work that attracted him, that made the woman attracted to him. Because she saw that he was a correct person. When you are a certain way, it attracts people. She was, so Potiphar's wife was attracted. She said, oh, this is a good person. It's a very nice. He's nicer than my husband. That's what, it was his good work that brought on, as it were, the trouble, the trouble, apparent trouble. But the trouble is also what brought him to the prison, which also brought him to the, to the throne. He needed the trouble. Yes. If David had been a bad shepherd of sheep, that would have been the end of him. Because that is where he learned how to shepherd. And that is where God watched him and said, I'm going to take a man after my own heart. My own heart. I like these little ones which are helpless. And I love the helpless ones. They are, they are of great concern to me. People who don't know what is happening. And I see the way David cares for these little ones. And I'm choosing him. He says, I took you from the sheep, from following the sheep. David used to run after sheep, run after goats. You see him running there, bring one, carry one, bring one. Like, this is all that I've been given. It shows the heart of the person. That's why Jesus said, he that is faithful in the least 
He's faithful in much. So when God gives you something little, he can see how you will be when he gives you a big thing. And so he says, let me give him more. So the reward is to give you more things to do. So yes, churches have been planted here. Souls have been won. We have supported Healing Jesus campaign. But the reward for supporting Healing Jesus campaign is to support you are going to be given the reward of supporting Healing Jesus campaign in a way you have never supported Healing Jesus campaign before. Amen. Amen. Are you still around or you are leaving? Beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Beautiful. Now, verse 9 or verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always having sufficiency in all things may abound toward what? Good works. So when he is even giving you grace, he's even giving you grace so that you abound towards the work, towards more work. Yes, that's, the, that's his grace. When you say, oh God, I pray for mercy and grace. The grace he's giving you is grace to work. God is able to make grace amount towards you so that you having sufficiency in all things will now even do more work. More good works. Verse 10, verse 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad and he has given to the poor. And then verse 10. He that ministers seed to the sower, all right, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, for ministering seed, you, he's, he gives you seed. Amen. Amen. And the seed he's giving you, uh, he is multiplying the seed. So that you sow more seed. Apart from that, he's increasing your fruits. This which is different from your seed. So he multiplies your seed, gives you bread, increases your fruits. But notice an amazing one. He multiplies your seed so that the seed you sowed, you can now give more and sow more than you gave before. Yes. Now, let's look at it carefully. You see, what we always think is that if you sow, God should bless the seed 
to bear whatever fruit and give you bread or increase your fruit. But now he's also saying that God should multiply your seed. So that means he multiplies what you can sow. And if you look at it, if you, if you really look at it, you will see that God actually increases your capacity to, to give as time goes by if you are a giver. Yes, if you are a giver, you realize that he has increased your ability to do more. So the reward for having supported with $100 is to have a multiplied of the $100 that now I'm giving a thousand which I've never done before. And many of us have given thousand, and it's like God is increasing your strength to be some multiplying your seed that you are somebody who can give two thousand and five thousand. Yes, yes, and somebody who can give ten thousand things. I can do more. I can do more than I've ever done before. Oh yes, I can. You see, I can't say that. There, I can't say that I, I can do whatever I used to do before. That's what I can do. It's not true. The reward for sowing good seeds is more seeds. Here's more seeds. Yeah, here's, here's more seeds to give. Yeah. So as we have supported crusades, evangelism, church planting, and all these things. Okay, I'm rewarding you. Here are more seeds. Apart from that, here are fruits. Here is bread. But here are seeds. Yes. Some of you will be buying cars. Some of you will be sowing bigger things. Things you've never done before. Things that have not happened in your life. You see that. I'm saying that this is God's reward for me. To give me more seeds so that I can. I'm rewarded with more seeds to work. Yes. God multiplied the seed soon. Yeah. Multiply of the seed. Multiplication of the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the fruits. This, you see, the fruits are there. We have seed which gives fruits. Seed gives fruits. So when you sell the seed, oh Lord, bless my seed. And what will the seed give? To give fruit. If you sow one coconut, what will it give you? A tree and fruits, isn't it? But now he's saying, multiply us. So when it comes to the realm of giving money, many people have rejected that. You know, some years ago, somebody came to preach or do something. And then the Holy Spirit whispered something in my life. He told me, never give anybody around you who is doing preaching or whatever, less than this amount. Always at least this amount. It was a very, quite a clear word. I said, wow. I said, yes, don't do that. Just do this at this level. And I believed the Lord and I started to do that. From that time up till today, People's response to me preaching increased by at least 20 times. Yes, 20. The, the number I want to mention is 20. 
times. And I didn't know why. I couldn't understand it. But I, it, I remembered this thing. Yeah. And he said, honor of my servants at this level is minimum for you. So he was raising my level of seed sowing. Yes. <laughs> he was multiplying the seed, not the fruits. I don't mean the fruits. He was multiplying the seed level that I was operating in. Yeah. It's true. The other day I was reading my Bible and I, I noticed something. The Bible says, and Jesus taught daily in the temple. Daily. And the Spirit ministered to me. See how often he was preaching daily in the temple. Every day. Daily in the temple. See, he was actually ministering to me about the, the need and the correctness of preaching a lot. Like he, he was daily in the temple teaching daily. <laughs> and not once a week. Daily. In Luke. Yeah. And he taught daily. <laughs> daily was teaching. Every day he was teaching. Yeah. He was, he was trying to reward me with more. That's why now I do come. I, I'm doing it from here. Then I go here. When I, when I leave here and I go straight to Swiss pulpit. Straight. From pulpit to pulpit. I'm moving. Then from there straight to England. Yeah. And I, a lot of things now. I, 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 sometimes, look, you can do it. Do it. He's multiplying my sowing of the word. Well, that's the reward for having a camp. Because after a camp, the tiredness is not a small thing. Yeah. Even you are tired. <laughs> let's be serious and let's tell the truth. And he taught daily. He was, he was trying to tell me something. That day he taught daily in the temple. Not only on the Sabbath. He was teaching daily in the temple. And he was showing me long, repeated, continuous teaching. It's very powerful. And as we are doing this camp, that is, that is the continuous teaching. Teaching, teaching, teaching. It's not, it's not too much. There's nothing like too much teaching. There's nothing like too much teaching and too much preaching. He taught daily in the temple. He was multiplying my preaching seeds. Because I get rewarded for every preaching I preach in heaven. It's recorded. I don't want to say I want to come back when I get to heaven. I don't want no come. I need to go back and if I can preach one more time and if I can, you know, share one more fantastic message like the reward for hard work is more work. I mean, all those messages cannot be preached when you are in heaven. Yes. How to say it here whilst we are here. What do you think? Is it not amazing and fantastic and powerful? So giving, all of us have supported Healing Jesus campaign. Many of the things we have been able to do come from your support. Yes, all over. And God is going to reward you. And the reward he's going to give you is mercy to do more than you did. Multiply not just the fruit of it and the blessing of it, but the seed that you gave. Here is more seed. Sow it now. Sow more things now. 
Unless it's not in the Bible. Is it in the Bible or is not in the Bible? Is a lie or is in the word? Is a lie or is in the word? Is not a lie. <laughs> now, you know, I was with my young people the other day, and they were saying they were they were giving so many. Yeah, young young means young because me I'm younger than them even. And I heard them saying some things, and I said, "What are you people saying?" And they said, "Oh, these are these are the tongues." I said, "Which tongues? Oh, these are some of the tongues we've been speaking." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Oh, they, they use the Google Translate to find the language." So they were they were they, so as I was with them, you know, in this camp in Italy, I was with a number of them. So they were, they were, then they were saying some words. What are you saying? So it's a, a, a Hawaiian language, Hawaiian. And it means abundance. Yeah. <laughs> hey! They were showing so many things that oh, they, they have, they are able to find the languages. And they, they are playing it. They, they will say so, Anuma something. They say, oh. eh? Anuma. Hey! <laughs> that one is Japanese something. What, 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 what did they say? Atuni mi kapaya. So they were using the Google Translate and they were getting the meanings. I said, this is this language and this is what it means. Kela bashakab. <laughs> they were telling me that one is Hawaiian and it means abundance, abundance, abundance. Receive it in the name of Jesus. It's good to be with young people, I tell you. It would have never occurred to me to check a Google Translate to find the language. Tongues of men and tongues of angels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Hmm. So God said to David, hey, you've been running after sheep, you've been running after men now. God said to Joseph, you were looking after Potiphar now to prisoners, now I give you the whole of Egypt. After that, I give you Egypt and Israel. This wife and all this, this is something, this is what I mean. No problem at all. You are going to get married to everyone's surprise. People will be surprised at your marriage and your wedding in the name of Jesus. Now, sit down for a minute. We are on hard work and more work. How many points do you have? All right, no problem. No problem. Now, Jesus Christ worked very hard with his 
disciples. Luke 22, verse 27. Whether it is, I'm talking now about Jesus and his disciples. This is very, very, very important for you to see that Jesus worked hard on earth. And he really, really served in his short time on the earth. He worked with his disciples. Amen. Amen. And notice, Luke 22, verse 27. He said, For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Then notice verse 28. You are they which have continued with me in my temptations. You see, you are the ones who have been with me in my struggles, this work that I've been doing. And I appoint you a kingdom as my father appointed unto me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, the reward for suffering, okay, with Jesus is to sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes, which is no, no small joke to, dra- to dra- uh, judge Israelis. Mm. So he's giving them uh, more work for being with him in his work. So all of us who are part of somebody's work, you get it? You must know that your presence and your contribution is part of the work. So all the people that work for me and with me in my small enterprise are part of me. And these particular ones were very close to him because in what he called his temptations, which is part of the work of a minister, to be tempted and tested, Yes, to be tempted and tested. They were part of the temptations. They were part of the struggles. So there are people that God gives you to join you in the temptations. So it is as though they are also being tested. In fact, they are being tested. Because if you mock, if you become a mocker of God's servant as he is being tempted, like the people who mocked Jesus when he was on the cross. There were different attitudes. There were people who were looking at him with love. John was there. His mother was there. And Jesus looked, this, my, this take my mother to your house, and so on. And there were others wagging their head and mocking. So the same person in the same experience, having different responses from different people. Some are mockers and some are admirers of the same person in the same temptation. So Jesus said, you are they who have been with me through all my temptations and difficulties. And 
I am appointing you thrones. So the work of temptation, going through what Jesus went through, is only rewarded by more work. And I'm going to show you even more things that Jesus rewarded his disciples for being with him in his work. Yes. So everybody who is part of me, if I am an evangelist out there preaching, because people wonder when I go for a crusade, how, how can you come here? You must have a lot of money to come to this town. They, they, they look at it, they say, hey, all this, how do you? One time we were in Zambia, the mayor said, you know, the Zambian churches don't invest in evangelism at all. When he stood on our platform, he couldn't control himself. He said, you know, Zambian churches don't invest in evangelism. <laughs> and here's another African. Look at how he has invested in it, in evangelism, evangelizing the nation. You know, and, and so you ask yourself, how am I able to do that? It is, there are some people that are with me in the work. And that's why, you know, I want everybody must become a Ben MP partner. A mood changing, beautiful, exciting, nice, mood changing partner. Every, how many are Ben MP partners? How many don't know what it is? Okay, so you'll find out what it is. Amen. Because what it means is that if even your $10 is in the crusade, then it means that you have joined, you are, you are guilty of winning souls. How many would like to be guilty of winning souls? For Jesus Christ. Yes, because you, your dollar is in it. Yes, and I can, I can never say your dollar is not in it because your dollar is, and God is tracing all dollars. If banks can today be tracing money, you think God cannot be tracing money to you? Yes. So it is a great blessing to become a, a partner. And this is a Healing Jesus Partners Club. I think you, they were told. Is this not something? Is it mysterious? Is it, you were told that it's a Healing Jesus partners conference yes so you must know that we are here to donate and support is that not so so the camp is even a side effect that you are hearing such messages about I mean whatever it's like a side effect of the healing Jesus campaign is it a blessing yes everybody must join in becoming a beautiful, exciting, nice, mood-changing partner of the evangelism effort that we are doing as a ministry, together, as a family, as a church. Hallelujah. All right? Now, John chapter 4, verse 30. Notice, they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him. Verse 31, John chapter 4, verse 31. His disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said to them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And his disciples said to him, Has any man brought him aught to eat? All right? And Jesus said to them, listen, 
Nobody has given me no food. I only eat the food you bring. You know that. These guys have tried to poison me many times. I only eat what you bring. You know that. But he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. It's meat to me. So Jesus was working hard. And his disciples had joined him in that hard work. Hey! And what was going to be the reward for the disciples? We are going to see. After suffering with Jesus, they almost lost their life. Peter almost lost his life on Good Thursday. <laughs> yes. Peter almost lost. There would have been four, four people being crucified on the cross. He just pulled out at the last moment and said, look, I don't know, I don't know the guy. I don't know Jesus. I just don't know him. Please, I've never seen him before. I swear, I swear God, I swear heaven. I don't know him. I don't know Nato. Do you know Nato? Hmm. Now, John chapter 9. John chapter 9. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his breath. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse number 3. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Verse number four. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. So what am I quoting these scriptures for? I'm quoting these scriptures to point out to you that Jesus Christ was working. He was on earth to work. And so are we on earth to work. And not only was he working, but he was working with his disciples. Now, after he worked so hard, all right, on this earth, being tempted, preaching, traveling, healing, doing good, moving around, ministering to people, all right? He left this world. And what did he, how did he reward his disciples for working hard with him? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm asking you the question again in English. You can translate it to the language you understand. Use your Google Translate. I say that Jesus Christ worked hard with his life. And I'm telling you that he told them, you are those who have continued with me my temptation. You are the ones who have suffered with me. That's what it means. You are the guys who have suffered with me. You are the guys who have suffered with me. And it's true. There are people that go through things with you. Yes. And what reward did he give them? 
we usually hear of rewards like, um, I go to prepare a place for you so that you'll be in heaven with me. These are what we traditionally think about. Now, turn with me to John chapter 17. And there we are going to see from verse number 4. And we are going to read many verses in John 17 from verse 4. I, are you listening? Are you, are you around? Listen, anything I tell you is not in the Bible, poo-poo it away. Yes. Just poo-poo it up, pop, and it's gone. All right? Don't struggle at all. But if it is in the Bible, if it is Jesus, I beg you to at least show Jesus the respect of listening to the words of Jesus Christ. You know, these are great words. These are words which have stood the test of time. 2,000 years have gone by. No one has been able to produce better words than the words of Jesus. Yes. We still haven't had the solutions to anything on this earth. Yes. Things are getting worse and moving towards a climactic confusion that we have never seen before. Yes. So, listen to Jesus Christ. If you don't even like what I'm saying, at least I want to ask on his behalf that you please listen to him. How many can do that? Just listen to Jesus and see whatever he says. Don't be angry with me. If you want to be angry, be angry with Jesus directly, but leave me out of it. I hope you get what I'm saying. Verse 4. I have glorified thee. I have finished. Finished what? Hard work. Hard work. Eh? Okay, verse 5. Amazing. And now, O Father, glorify thou with me thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. In other words, you've reduced me to nothing here. You get it? But put me back some of the glory that I had before I became a cockroach to join these cockroaches and try to save them. You get it? Verse 6. Verse 6. I have manifested thy name to the men which thou gavest me. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. So you are not here by chance. If you are here, God gave you to me. God gave you to be part of this work. You are not, you are not an accident. You are not some chance, coincidental person arriving here. He says, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Amazing. Verse 7. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. In other words, they've, they've come to see that sort of like everything is really from you. At first they didn't think so. They were not so sure. But now they are sure. Verse 8. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. So the words we have, it's important that the words, like the teachings we have, the books we have, the messages, the Bible, the things that God has given us, he says, I have given to them those words and they have received them and have known surely that I came from thee. And they believed that thou didst send me. They believe everything now. That's wonderful. Verse 9. And you're going to see, you see, what was verse 4 again? He says, I have finished the work, isn't it? 
Beautiful. Verse 4 was, I finished the work. So now back to verse 9. Keep watching. It's like magic. It's like a movie. I pray for them, isn't it? I pray for them. And I'm not praying for the world because they've not been nice to me. But for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Okay, I prayed for them. Verse 10. And all mine are thine. And thine are mine. Like a poem. And I'm glorified. All mine are thine and thine are mine. All thine are mine and mine are thine. Oh, and I am glorified in them. Okay? Is Jesus working very hard? Is he praying wonderfully? In the garden, this may be like a kind of Gethsemane-like prayer. This is the last prayer. John 17. Remember, it goes up to 21. John goes up to 21. And it's 17 now. Okay? So it's about to end. All right? Now, verse 11. Beautiful. I am no more in the world. Even though he was still around, he was like, Chalelu, it's over. Because there are times that you have finished everything. You get it? Like you are sort of in your last element. All right? So I am no more in the world. Okay? But these are in the world. Because everybody has to die at a different time. That's one of the things. Those of you who are praying for people to die, they have a time they will die. You get what I'm saying? You can't hasten somebody's death. God has given everybody a certain amount of time to live. So if you want somebody to die, just don't waste your time. It's, it's, not, it's not necessary. Okay? All right. Now, these are, I'm no more in the world. These are in the world. I have come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, all right, that they may be one as we are. So, like, keep them, like, protect them, help them. And one of the greatest protections is unity. You know, because we are a united denomination, it's a great protection from confusion. Yes, because nobody is fighting. God has blessed all these years. We have wonderful people, Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie, Bishop Joel, Bishop Richard, and all these wonderful pastors. People are not fighting. Who is this? Who is my? It's my turn to preach. I didn't preach that. If you preach the first service, I must preach the second service. And people will get the wrong impression that even though I am this, I'm not really as powerful. We, we don't have all these things. Yes, we don't have all these things. So, by God's grace, and it's a protection for us. So, we are able to focus on the real things. And not these funny things about you are powerful than me and I'm more powerful. If you are powerful, be powerful. I'm not so powerful in my world. Stop. There's no struggle. Who wants a power? You want a power struggle? You have you chosen the wrong church for, for power struggles. All right? So let them be one as we are one. This is my main prayer for these guys. Okay, Lord. Verse 12. Whilst I was with them in the world... I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except Orangus. But the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. So Orangus are the only ones we can lose. So unless you are an Orangu, Orangu is a modern name for son of perdition. It's just like a kind of lighthouse UD name for son of perdition. It's Orangu. Yes, a son of perdition is like something that must come out. Like you've eaten some pepper and it must come out. Only the son of uh, perdition is lost that the scripture might be fulfilled. Amen. And then, 
Verse 13. And now I come I to thee. Okay, so Lord, now I'm on my way back. I'm catching a flight on Calvary. And uh, <laughs> Calvary Airways. Checking time is around 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. My God. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing my one thief along. One thief. I'm going to bring one thief with me. Uh. It's a bit like Rambo. You know, Rambo was sent to take pictures. Have you watched Rambo? Some of you have not watched Rambo. Please make sure you watch it after the camp. It's an important Makane movie. Rambo was asked to go and take pictures. But he, he lost his camera and he took the actual prisoners and brought them in the helicopter. Live prisoners. For evidence. So Jesus was asked to come and save souls. And on his way back, he took one thief. <laughs> Give Jesus a shout of praise. He took one thief with him. As a trophy. For the father to see, look, I got one guy, one thief, and I brought him live. Wow. Evidence of the powerful works that he had done. <laughs> live exhibit. One of the worst type of sinners. Hmm. Oh, please sit down, please sit down. Those at the back, are you, are you part of us? You are okay? There's no problem? You are sure? Be sure. Where is the gun? Do you have the, the water gun? No, you don't have a... Okay, sit down. No problem. Right, back to the scripture. Please notice. Shh, don't lose, don't lose, don't lose, don't lose, don't lose. Now... Verse 13, now I come I to thee, and these things I, I speak in the world, that they might have joy, my joy fulfilled in themselves. So we are supposed to be happy. We, we were saying that I want them to be happy people. So those of you who want a sad church, we are sorry to disappoint you, because we, we are happy in the house of the Lord. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We are happy. So... Don't bring your bitterness here to spew on us for us to feel sad. All right. Verse 14. Beautiful. Shh. Notice now. You see, I'm saying all these things Jesus is saying, you are going to notice how he's asking the Father to reward these wonderful workers, co-workers whom he has worked with. He's going to reward them just now. In the next couple of verses, he will reward them. Are you ready for the reward? Are you ready for the reward? Hey! <laughs> Are you ready for the reward that Jesus is about to for his co-workers? What the father should do for the co-workers? Look at it. Sit down because if you stand, you may fly. <laughs> I have given them thy word and the world has hated them. So it's, it's, these are all things that have happened already. He's worked with them already. But some of them have to be old men before they die. They can't die now. You get it? Uh, they have to write books. Yeah. 
<laughs> because they are not of the world. And even as I'm not of the world. Okay? Verse 15. I, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Okay. You see? So he's asking them to keep them around. Okay. Hey. Are you, are, you, are you watching for the reward? Reward is just about to come. Verse 16. They are not of the world. So he's, he's, he's really confirming their credentials. Like they are really good guys, Lord. Don't joke with these guys. They are really good. I've been with them. Peter, Thomas. I mean, all these guys. They are my main guys. Jesus, Lord, I'm, I'm recommending them to you. They are really, really good guys. I mean, they are not of the world at all. They are not of the world. As, just like me. They are just like me, Jesus. Lord, so if you love me, please love them too. Please don't leave them. Verse 17. Hey, sanctify them through thy truth. <laughs> thy word is truth. In other words, I mean, I know that they are, they are not holy. They've been watching pornography. They have all these issues and all these things, Lord. So just, if you can please sanctify them, just sanctify them, Lord. <laughs> Wow. Sanctify them through thy truth. Through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Are you watching? Reward is coming. Verse 18. Ah, there it is. As thou hast sent me into the world. As thou hast sent me into the world to die, hmm? even so have I also sent them into the world. They should also go. More work. Let them go just in the same way that I came and have struggled here. Lord, I pray for them that you let them also go and struggle. Hey! <laughs> As thou hast sent me, so have I also sent them into the world to go and struggle like I have also struggled. This is the reward I want you to give them for staying with me and working with me for three years. Please bless them to go and struggle for more years. Hey! God is wild, though. Huh? As you sent me to work hard, and they've worked hard with me. I pray that you send them also to go into the world and suffer and preach. That's a great reward you can give them for being with me in my temptations and all the sufferings that I have been through. Amen. Amen. And here you see the great reward of God. All right, continues verse 19. 
you see the great reward that uh, as he has sent them, yes, as God sent Jesus, so they are also being sent into the world to go and suffer. Amen. John 20, verse 21. John 20. Then said Jesus to them, Peace be unto you. Eh? Peace, oh, peace. How many want peace? How is the peace going to be unto you? As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. So Jesus took only the thief with him and left the good guys to work very hard on earth. So if you are alive today, you have not been diagnosed with any disease that is taking you out of this world. You are breathing. You are not dead. You are alive. It means that God is giving you a reward. And the reward is to be sent just as he himself was sent into the world. Rise up and go into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and do great and mighty works. That is the reward that Jesus is giving to us. His reward to us is to send us into the world. So everybody here, you know, Derek Prince was uh, explaining the other day, I was listening to him. He was talking, he was talking about the call of God. He said, look, when God calls you, you know, he said he was called up to be in the military, not uh, by his, not willingly, but unwillingly he was forced to be in the army, in the British army. And he went to fight in the Second World War for four years, from 1940 to the end of the war. And he said that when you are called to the army, your accommodation, your clothes, your food, everything, it's not your concern. Again, because you've obeyed the call of God, the call of the army. Yeah, what you wear, what you eat, how you travel, the equipment you need, everything. He was talking about obeying the call of God means that the person who called you has to look after you. You are sending me to go and fight. Then you take over my life. Take over my life. And it's interesting eh, that the good people are left rather to work hard and stay and work. So here in America, yes, and in Lighthouse, UD, all over, it's true something has been done. But now is a time that God is going to reward us and he's restarted to reward us. And the reward is not, oh, now we are going to have nice big cars. We are going to have a lot of money spending. We are now going to pay lay people to reward lay people by paying them. No. Rather, we are not going to ask lay people to do more. You see, a lay person must now show that he is a real lay giant. Yes. 
You see, we, we have two types of laymen. Most of us are lay pastors, but I'll tell you there are two types. One type is uh, equivalent to a full-time minister. And in the first life church, we, we recognize that. I don't know about the rest of the UD. Yeah. No, we have different denominations, so we have slightly, slight differences. But we are united. We are united. There are lay people who have moved to places clearly not for any reason than ministry. Yes. Where there is no evidence or no sign of an advantage. If anything, danger. In adva- uh, if anything, danger. Yes. And a loss of all things. But, and they have to be lay in order to stay there or to maintain their presence there legally. They have to maintain a job. And those things are, have to be clear. When those things are clear, that lay person is actually like a full-timer because there is no reason on earth, both logically, even the family are against when he's going there. There's no reason on earth why the person should be there. Then number two, we have lay people, which is the large majority of the lay people naturally migrated to certain places for whatever reason, mostly financial reasons. And whilst there, we're working for the Lord, which is a very honorable thing. But they are different. They are different. You see, they are two different. And those di- that, difference, that difference is something that Jesus himself recognizes. Yes. The difference is something that Jesus himself recognizes. And so, we must realize that the more we yield to God's will and give ourselves to, to, to the ministry, you know, um, God will say, I want more of you. I want more of you. And so many people are afraid to go into the ministry because they haven't even done... You see, when God is calling you, although there may be some fear, it's not as much as you think. But when you are not faithful with the little... You even look at the big thing and you realize that it looks so far. But it looks so far because you've never done the little one. Yes. You've never done the little one. So when people say, oh, I want to go on a mission, I want to, what have you done in the local church here? What do you do here, just here? Or you don't understand what I'm talking about. What do you do in the local church here? Huh? Hmm. Amazing. There is a difference. And that difference is something that must be recognized. So, God will use you to be a shepherd 
to sing on a small stage, a bigger stage, bigger, do more work. And he expects you to do your best. Amen. Amen. And I believe that we have done something. You have supported. But we have to support even more. People that have given 10,000, some of you can give 50,000. So I want to give 100,000. I want to give 100,000. Yeah. Are you not in America? Yeah. The other day in Ghana, somebody called me and said, I want to give this. He said, Hey, it's your birthday. I want to do a project in the church. Yeah. He said, It's your birthday. I want to do a project in the church. So, yeah. Which project? I said, That's my building person who helps me to build. Ask her. She will tell you what we need. I told him. I said, Okay. I give you 100,000. We thought he was just talking. Yes, we put it in account. Use it. I want to do this project to celebrate your birthday. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And you are in America. You've not heard of giving 100,000. You've not heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. You see, God multiplies the seeds. So that the seed you sow, he's, like he's multiplying it higher. And I don't mean seed, I mean dollar. Dollar. Do you know dollar? Yeah. Dollar is dollars. Dollars. Dollar is, you know, Lebanese way of saying dollar. 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 Yeah. It's, it's what we've seen. People do things. People give. Maybe you have it. People give their whole lives. People give their whole lives for mission. People give themselves. There are higher things. Higher, higher, higher givings of yourselves. And you see, when you give yourself to a level, you see that God is calling you for the next level. Yes. When you give yourself after a person, God is saying, I want more. Okay, not I want more. Don't think I want more. I want to reward you. <laughs> I want to reward you for your hard work. And your, you followed me for three years. Oh, well done. Here is a go and die over here. You followed me for three years. They almost killed you at Calvary. You escaped. You told them a lie. But I want to reward you. Go into the world. Just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you in the same way. Hey! Jesus is wild, though. You know, let us start, let us start to believe in the Bible more than our traditional. Yes. A lot of, you know, our ideas are human idealism. I was reading, Regina was writing about human idealism versus whatever, human ideals. And he was saying that one of the things that destroys the church and then destroys marriage are human idealism. Yeah. So we have certain human ideas of how things should be. And he said that when the Bible says, husband, love your wife, 
He said, that, how has Christ loved us? He has made us wait for him since, I mean, he, he went 2,000 years. He's not, he's not telling us exactly when he's coming. Just wait. I say, I'm coming. That's how to love your wife. As Christ loved us. As Christ loved the church. He, let us suffer so many things, go through so many things. He said, this is what Christ, how Christ is loving us. I mean, you can go and read a book called Delivered from Evil by Rick Joyner. He said, these are all there. Yeah. It's a, it's a human ideals of what is what things are are what are destroying us. Yes. Human idealism. Amazing. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Human idealism. And when we talk about God rewarding us. His reward is often not what you think it is. But you see. Because he said, worthy are thou to receive glory. Because you have prevailed. You have gone through what you are supposed to go through. Because he needs a legal basis to do certain things for you. And that's why he's saying, do this. Because he loves you so much and he wants to do certain things for you. And he needs to have a legal reason to, 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 to do certain things for you. Yes. Even me, my small organization, I cannot just do things for people. So I like this person, so get this. I like this person. So it's not, it doesn't work like that in our, in our system. The person has to do certain things. So if I want a person to have certain things, the person has to be made to do those things so that I have a reason. America is full of the lower version of lay people. The layman who moved was moved by mammon. Mammon is the other word for devil. Look, let, let look at listen. Who is God's enemy? Is it dollar? How can the enemy of God be a currency which did not exist some years ago? So are you saying that the, when American government created the US dollar and printed it, they printed the enemy of God? <laughs> then why did Jesus say, you cannot serve God or mammon? You cannot love two masters. You either love one or hate the other. Why did he put as the alternative to God and the enemy of God, why did he say mammon, which is money? Why didn't he say the devil? Because he was giving you what to know. You see, because the devil is a spirit. You can't easily see the devil. And in what way does he manifest and how does he control people? Money. That's why it's called the root of all evil. It's like saying the devil is the root. Well, the, the root of all evil is the devil. As soon as money is your controller, you are a changed person. You are a change. I will never preach this message if money was controlling me. Never on this earth. Yes. And even that's why I said, I say, it's a healing, even though it looks, sounds like a camp. It's a healing Jesus, but so that if you don't want to give, no, don't come. I will not do these things if, I, if I'm looking for money. <laughs> yes.
Because God will never need you. A thousand years will pass, you will never need you. You need God. God doesn't need you. You need God. God doesn't need you. I'm talking about going higher and I'm talking to us and I'm talking about the lay spirit that is here. God is requiring you to go further. I will not back down. I will not back down. God is requiring more from you. Let my people go that they may serve me. Yes. Luke chapter 20. I want to show you the two types of lay people. I want to show you the two types of lay people. Verse 17. And he beheld them and said, Behold, behold, what? What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. Mm. Mysterious verses. Young boys and girls, you who have been rejected as Useless, too young, um, immature, hmm? overexcited, easily impressed. Easily impressionable. You are becoming the main thing. Sit down. Now look at that. Two types of lay people are found in Luke 20. Do you, know, do you want me to tell you the verse in which they are found? The two types of lay people. Luke 20 verse 18. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now, these are the two types. There is a stone. Who is the stone? Look at verse 17. Who is verse 17? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. Isn't that so? Who do you think that is? Who do you think it is? Jesus, isn't it? Do you all agree that it's Jesus? Okay, so then let's go to the next verse. They say a stone there too in that verse. There's a stone in this verse too. So who do you think is this stone? Huh? Jesus is a stone again in the very next verse. Because the verse before it was a stone. And this verse is also a stone. Is it okay? Up to class three, we can get this one. Then who is whosoever? All of us can qualify as whosoever, isn't it? So now there is a stone and there is a whosoever. 
Okay, so we are going to see the interaction between the stone and the whosoever. Are you with me? Now, there are two behaviors of the whosoevers. Those are the two types of people, two types of lay people. One of them, the stone falls on them. He's there. And the stone falls on them. And then the other one, no, somebody falls on the stone. Okay? So there is some movement and some movement from one stone. One stone doesn't move. Whomsoever it shall fall on will grind him to powder. Which one is it better, broken or powder? Broken or powder? Broken. Broken. So there's going to be an interaction between the stone and whosoever, isn't it? But one reaction is going to break and one reaction is going to finish you off into powder. Isn't it? Now, let us see how to have a better outcome. Are you with me? What would be the better outcome? That you should be broken rather than finish into powder. So what is it that makes one broken and what is it that makes one powder? The one that it is powder, the one that is broken, he himself jumps. He himself does something. He himself goes. He himself decides, I am going to jump on this thing. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And there is, a, a, it, it comes from you. Yes. Whereas this other one, it's like the circumstance, you are just there and then the thing has fallen on you. And then it's like, oh, I realized that I had to come to America to come to work because I couldn't get any job in Nigeria, so I came here. But another one, you decide that I am rising up and I am going and I'm giving myself to Jesus and I am going to fall on him by my own will. It's not that something happened. So there are two types. You have, you have people who decide I am giving myself. There is no reason there's no problem. There's no case working. I'm not sick. I'm not dead. I've not been diagnosed with any disease. But I myself am jumping into the will of God, into Jesus. And I know it will break me, it will harm me. But when you don't, you don't move, you don't go where you should go. And you see that, then you still have that interaction. And it leads to, you are finished. Yeah. So these two types exist. Now, if you look on the mission field, you see there are those who, let's take my, my, my young man in uh, Botswana. He was a doctor. In fact, I told him, you go to Brazil. Then a week before, he was, about, he was leaving. I called, him, I called him. He had got everything, passport, visa, everything. He was, I said, I said, no, 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 I'm changing your, your mission. Yes, to another B. I said that another place with B. Versus Brazil, I said another B. Uh-huh. He didn't know where. And I said, you go, to Bra- you go to Botswana. Yeah, you go to Botswana. I said, anything. Whatever you say. Anywhere in the world. Whatever. I am giving myself. I'm very young. I want to give myself all out. I'm giving myself. And it will break you. But then there are those who, no, no, no. I'll never move. But it's still, you are a believer. And you still interact with Jesus. And you, there's nothing left of you. Yes. It finishes you off. So it's better to voluntarily jump onto God 
than to let circumstances just happen to you. Yes. And you see that one group has let circumstances happen to them. Circumstances have brought you here. Circumstances have done whatever. Circumstances have made you a pastor. You are a circumstantial missionary who things are falling on you. And it's very different from somebody who who shall fall upon the stone as against somebody on whom it shall fall. Yeah. So you go think about this verse. You see, as for being affected by our interaction with Jesus, it's better that you take decisions and say, Lord, here, here it is. I because you see, almost everything that is happening, if God said, break up the church into denominations, it could easily not do that, but you say, we don't break it up. Then one day it breaks by itself. Powder. And circumstances divide it into powder. <laughs> yes. Circumstances divide it into powder. Yeah. That's why I'm not waiting for, for young people to do anything. I myself am taking I say, I'm all this young boy. Because Jesus showed me, said there were people that were 14, 16, 20 years old. I made them apostles. You see them in the church. Young boys and girls. Yes. I'm appointing them, honoring them, putting them there, trusting them. Do this. You can do something. Because it's better that you rise up and you do than sit there and let it just happen to you. And say that your whole life is, is sport. So many of us in America, it's just circumstance. Oh, yeah, I got a job. Okay, I got to go here. I got to do this. I got to do this. It's like circumstantial. But not that you rise up. And you give yourself to God. It's almost like you are given to God by the circumstance of having, get, getting a job here or being here or being there. Yeah. And God is calling for us to now begin to rise and say, here I am. Whatever it means, I am ready for it. I'm going. Yes. And you find that hardly anybody has been able to do that from America. Because America you know, is different from every other country. It is the country with the most money, which means it's the country with the most deceptions. It's the country with the most deceptions. Matthew, go to the parable of the sower. Luke, I think Luke 8 will also be. Luke 8. Yes. It's the country with the most deceptions and more deceived people than, than any other country. Yeah. Parable of the, now the... Now the parable is this. Luke. Yes, 8. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Go down, go down, go down. Quick, 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 quick. Help me. All right. Hear the word of God. Let's believe. Blah, blah, blah. Go down. Go down. This is the word. Receive the word. Go down, go down. Okay, keep going, keep going. Oh. Hey. Hey, which Bible are you using? <laughs> Parable of the sewer. All right. Okay. 
No problem. Beautiful. Okay. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Verse 21. What does it say? Yet he had not ruled himself, but dureth for a while. When tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. That means money has a certain inborn innate deceptiveness about it. Yes. So the deceitfulness of it. So wherever there is more and more money, there's more and more deception. Because the, the riches are there and the deceitfulness of the plenty of riches which are more and more and more deceive more people. So where there's less money, there's less deception. Where there's more money, there's more deception. So if you are the richest, you are happy that you are the richest, but you are also the more, most deceived group. And of all my churches all over the world, America is the least to respond to missionary work. Yes, it's the lowest. <laughs> yes, the lowest. Yes. I'm going nowhere from my stronghold. That's why I say that when it comes to giving, you must be the greatest givers. And you are very good givers too. You are good givers. So that's a blessing. Amen. And I believe that this is a great opportunity for you to give and support. But you see, God will never hold back the greatest opportunities as well. The great opportunity to work for him, to be missionaries. Oh yes, to be missionaries, to serve him. Yes, to serve him, to go to the ends of the world, to do his will. He will, not just to pay, pay for, pay for. Pay for is lower than do. Yes. And I, I, you see, I'm not lying to you. you. You'll be honored to give yourself to him than to give 50,000. It's a blessing to give 50,000. There's no doubt about that. But I can't pretend to you. That is the same thing. You are, you are more worthy, worthy more than 50,000. Huh? If a person you love dies, you would pay more than 50,000 for the person to come back to life. Wouldn't you? you, you if you have uh, somebody that you love. Yes. You, you say, oh, if I can get 50,000 to pay for this person to come back to life, you will pay. So I'll pay 50,000. I'll go 50,000. I'll pay. It means you are worth more than 50,000. Yes, and I'm sure you'll be able to raise 50,000 to bring the person back to life. So many people will give you 10,000, whatever, and the person is back to this world. Yeah. Emma, wouldn't you do that to bring Major Mepho back? 50,000, I, I myself will even bring some of the money. Ah. We will just bring the right now if we say we can, he can come back to this life. And I'll get 100,000 just in two seconds. I'll get money right now from all of us. Do not struggle at all. 
We will not wait even five minutes to have that money that he's back with us. Yes. It means you are worth far more than that 100,000. You, as a person, you are worth more because if you go, we will be happy to pay for you to come back. It's true. And if I was gone, you, you, may, you, 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 may, be, you may be giving an offering of $20 or $10 to me. You may realize that, look, if we can bring so much money to bring him back, Whatever, it you won't delay at all. It will just come up. Yes. So I believe with all my heart that we are in a very important place in God. And that important place is the place of realizing that God has taken a decision. This is a prophetic camp meeting. And I came here to prophesy to you that... God is rewarding us in America because I tell you, our church is, as for working, it is working. Branches are working and more branches are coming up. Missionaries are being sent to different parts of America. I'm not here to praise you. Just like Jesus told the disciples after they had worked so hard, he said, look, (laughs) as the Father has sent me, I'm so sorry to send you, but I have to send you. Yes, I'm raising the bar for your lives. And I'm sending you in the same way. And we in America must open our hearts to higher and greater things in God. 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 Higher and great. We must now begin to jump on the rock and stop just sitting there for circumstances to fall on us and say, Oh, since I've lost my job here, I want to go to this place where there's a job and then I'm a missionary there. Oh, or I'm about to be deported. So I'm coming straight to Ghana. President Trump has arrested me, he's chasing me. So God has spoken to me to come to Ghana. I'm coming to Anakazo Bible School because God has spoken to me. You are waiting and you see you are turning into powder. You are not, you are not powerful anymore because you've waited for circumstances to happen. Yes. You know, one time, one time a pastor, one of my pastors, you know, he was dying. Then he came with a big offering to healing Jesus crusade. He had been, he was diagnosed, he was dying. And he brought this huge money. You no, know, I, I, I told look, I called him, I said, please, you need this money. You are not, you are not well. You need medical bills, so many things. Please take it. He would not take it. Because you see, I'm a pastor. It's not money we are after. You see, when you are a pastor, you, you, you care for the people. Not, you are not after their money. If I was looking for money, I would not leave people with money and go and pastor children. Who, 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 most there are more buses in my church than cars. More buses. It's the buses that I love, not cars. Wow. Yes, and it will always be like that. Buses. Even the cars are plenty. The buses will be more. You see them packed, and they are coming to church. You see the bus as if they are going. You don't know where they are even going. (laughs) 
I said, there's no need of this money, please. Crusade doesn't need you. need the crusade. You need it. God doesn't need you. Sit down. Are you around? Are you sure you are still around? This is a prophecy for you. It's a prophecy, a prophecy that God is saying, hey, I have this work for you. I have this work for you. I have a greater work than you have done. All of you pastors in the front here, you have all done great works. I am a product of the great works that you've done. I'm not a fool. I know what I'm saying. I, I, am, I, am, I am supported. Listen. I know what I'm saying. I am supported by the people who support me. The first day I came to America, Dr. Nosh picked me from the airport. He picked me alone. Wait, wait, wait. There's no need to cry. Listen to things. He picked me from the airport, JFK, and drove me and kept me in his house, even though it was underground, but he kept me there. <laughs> Yes. Can I say that he, he has not done all of us are part of that miracle? Yes. It's, we are all part of it. And many people like that have sustained so many things. I can never, even if I say it is not true, I am a product of all the support and the love and the consistency of everybody here over the years God is happy with you and now he has come to reward you yes accept this great reward of God? Do you really accept it? Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful reward from the Lord. And, he, and the, the reward that he's, he's coming to give us is more work. Yes. More hard work. And it's unbelievable that that is the hard work. That is the reward. That, but it is actually a very great thing. If you take it up, that is it. That is it. That is it. It's beautiful. It's God's blessing. And I want you to embrace it. Now, sit down for a minute. Do you want a break? A short break. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www. 
daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.